I don't know. Does anybody out there operate OBS, Open Broadcasting Software, by chance? Um, so our broadcast is going to be... We're in this box now. Well, whatever. It still works. Um, I'll have to figure it out afterward. I messed up a setting somehow. So we're not stretched to to the entire screen. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I don't know what I did. I I mean, I did it, but I don't know how I did it. And I, I'm afraid if I try to fix it, I'm going to make it worse. Okay. Let's just go. We'll just go with it for today. <clears throat> okay. I mean, I know that I had a board when I was a kid, Wait, so see, I'm pretty sure that I could get back into it. Because get I back do into like, it? Do you even know how to play? I mean, I can figure it out, right? It can't be that hard. Oh, Greg. I've got an online it's game an that's teaching me. Form. I know, but I think I could be pretty good at it because I could get, I could walk up there, like I want to walk in there with the press conference and be all, you know, smug and be like, yes, I destroyed my opponents today. And I'll have an accent, too. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. A lot to talk about today. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody who tunes into this show. We do greatly appreciate it. Of course, you can be a member of the Supporters Club for $6.99 a month. The first week is free, and uh, you can try it out. You'll get some videos. You'll get some some shenanigans. <laughs> some you'll get behind-the-scenes stuff of when we're screwing up. So all of that you will get as part of that for $6.99 a month. So thank you very much. Also, of note for business, we do have new merch on the way. Ooh. Maybe announcing later today. Today? Perhaps today. Um, and the other stuff has all been mailed out. Yes. Did our shipping department get that? Well, the shipping department had it all packaged, and then the other part of the shipping department said they were taking it to. Yes, no, the but I mean, yesterday. that's the shipping department yes. got it all packed up. <laughs> the shipping up. department went through all of the emails, and I'm pretty sure I got everything. Okay. They did. If the you do department. not get whatever you ordered within a week, uh, let us know a week from right now, and uh, I will talk to our shipping department again and see if we can get that squared away. Um, and uh, let's see, what's today? Today is... Oh my God, it is warm in Wednesday, here. Wednesday, November 18th, 2020, in the year of our apocalypse. And, uh, and thank you, everybody, for, uh, for joining us through, throughout all of this. This is where we're at right now. We are back down in lockdown in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> it just started today. Started today. Mm-hmm. To where uh, everything is shut back down again. So that's, um, that's where we're at. So, and that's going to be for at least a month, maybe longer. And if there's yes. anything that we can do to help for anybody out there, you know, in the service industry, because I know that this is hitting a lot of people really hard, like, let us know if we can, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how we could help, but if there's anything that we can do, please just let us know. If there's something, yeah. Yeah, what, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Or if you have, like, I, I a, if there's a place know. that you love that's doing, like, 
takeout food that we could support, just um, please let us know. We'll make sure to get that information out there. Um, there is something actually that's going on today that I did want to bring up. That's uh, that's along those lines, and it's a, a benefit that's going on right now. So I'll I'll get that pulled up here so I can have the information. And uh, it's from our friend Jesse wrote uh, asking us to to talk about it. So awesome. it's something, and it would support a local restaurant and that. Jesse and Claire, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love them. So it's happening today. And it's going on um, from 4 p.m. until they're sold out, and a five dollar, fifteen dollar sliding scale for off the griddle. So, but uh, the, that's where it's taking place. The oh, fundraiser yeah. is actually for uh, Raven Corps, which is um, the Raven Corps is a youth-led movement of change makers devoted to building a just and sustainable future for animals, humanity, and our natural world. And it's uh, the RavenCorps.org. So Raven C O R P S uh, the at the beginning of that, uh, .org, and that's where you can go there. And so what they're doing is um, Off the Griddle is making food, and uh, they're going to have that there until it um, goes out. So they're selling uh, pozzoli. Wait, how do you say that? Uh, pozzoli, I think. Okay, that's what I thought. And then I said it out loud, and I was like, wait, did I say it wrong? I don't know. I'm the worst I've pronouncer. I've never actually said it out loud know. before. Pozzoli. Pozzoli. That sounds like something you'd say in your Italian accent. That's bizarre. Um, also, by the way, Off the Griddle is a, a vegan and vegetarian restaurant. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's all vegan. But their food is ridiculously good. Yeah. It's so good. And it's right on Foster. And it also has a Saved by the Bell theme. It uh, does. On the inside. <laughs> it's really amazing. Yeah, so it's a local restaurant here in Portland. So anyway, Off the Griddle, uh, they're Foster in. Can you grab the address? What's the actual address of Off the Griddle? I'm, I apologize. I'm, bum- I'm kind of bumbling this thing. But um, I wanted to make sure that we got it in there. So the benefit is for the Raven Corps. It's at Off the Griddle. Local restaurants. 65th and Foster. 65th and Foster. So support them. Uh, that, that'd be cool. And Ravencore is also an amazing group that our friend, again, our friends Claire and Jesse work for. And that, I love I'm at their landing page right now. It says, the world's fucked up. Let's build a better one. That's great. I love it. <laughs> yep. So that's something that is going on today that you can help out with. So appreciate them. All right. Uh, we've got Rick Emerson who's going to be joining us here momentarily. I believe today is the day we're going to make it happen. I think I figured out we all are, the I sent issues. him the info. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen today. But uh, what I was referencing at the beginning was the fact that I, you know, it's quarantine, so watching a lot of Netflix and things like that. But uh, I did watch The Queen's Gambit. Are you sure you're saying that right? What? It's not pronounced like that. Yes, it is. I'm just kidding. God damn it. <laughs> The it's Queen's funny when Gambit. your brain is mushy. It's kind of I know. Fun to poke at you. Don't. Uh, the Queen's it's Gambit. Gambi. Anyway, it's Gambay. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. The Queen's Gambit, and uh, yeah. I think now I want to get into chess. Maybe want to get into chess. I mean, what better time than now? Yeah, I am an amazing chess player, by the way. I. You know how to play chess. I played chess since I was a little kid. I used to. Play I have against never my... seen you play chess. Well, because I've never played you. I'm good at chess. Well, you go down to the park and you you play with the old man. I have and... my secret old man chess park that I go yes, to. Yes, you go down there. You're basically the Queen's Gambit is about you. Perhaps it is. Yeah. You go down there and school all, everybody. I don't believe I'm, you. No, I've I'm never seen you good play at chess. I used to have, chess. I used to have a travel chess set and my sister and I would play. And it had what? like the little, yeah, and it had like the, um, the travel ones. It was like one of the plastic ones that folded and they'd have the different pegs for like the queen and the king and uh, the knight rook pawn. Yeah. Yeah, I know what the pieces are. But no, you don't. I do Tell too. me what they do. The queen, the knight, and what does the, the bishop rook. do? It does bishop stuff. Everybody knows what the <laughs> oh bishop does. God, I'm not going to teach Greg. you how to replay it again. No, I, uh, I think I, I think I might want to get into it though. What does the rook do? The rook. I mean, it's low on oh, the Oh my god! Part. You don't even know. Like, how how far can you move upon in the first in the first move? Two. 
How far can you move in the second move? Two. No. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I've got to learn how to play first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's. I think I'm going to become that now. That's what I've decided. I'm going to be. All a right. So you guy. you ha- don't even know how to play, but you've decided this is going to be your thing. Yeah. I have a cousin who was really good at it. Oh well, he was then like a chess champion. You're a natural. He was like a chess champion of Oregon. So yeah. So there it is. Okay, where did this magical chess champion cousin come from? What What do you mean? No, he seriously was. I mean, you've never mentioned it before. Well, I've never talked about chess before. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, I, it's, it's in my blood is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, I could be pretty good at it. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a chess champion. That's, that's the quarantine right, I want, for the I day. want to talk about this more. And I want to play what you. More? What more do you want to talk about with it? I just, I, I want to know your whole, like, chess persona. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, I, you know, just watching it with the clothes and everything like that. I, I think that once you actually learn what the pieces do, you and I need to have a live stream chess match. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yes, okay, I'll do that. People are bored. There's nothing to do. I'm going to get back to doing like more videos. I would not do well losing, though. I would have a hard time with that. Chess is a hard loss, too. Mm, the more I think about this, how I am with it's risk. A game, cause it is, it's a game of skill and not luck. Like it is, You have to know what you're doing. Oh. And you have to pre-plan. What do you mean? I mean, like when you're playing, you have to like think like Plan five out like moves. yeah, you have to think like five moves ahead. I could do that, but I, now that I'm thinking about it, how I take risk loss, losses, <gasps> chess loss is far worse than a risk loss because it just makes you feel stupid. I don't know, I particularly don't know if, if you can... get cornered by like you know someone like corners you and puts you in check. Yeah, and, it, and they do it really easily. Yeah, uh, Sarah's going to clean your clock, Greg. Hurry and learn so we can watch. <laughs> Oh, never mind. I don't know if this would be a good idea. I think me. it'd be great. All right. We'll think. I'll think about it. Oh, okay. I know I'd be good at it, though. Um, I like how you say something like, uh, de- is it declarative? Yes. Mm-hmm. What? We can't talk today. Um, <laughs> I know we can't. Uh, all right. That's all right. Let's go ahead and- good thing uh, that's what we do for- Let's do this. I, going back to something we were talking about yesterday, which has struck a chord with people, I, I realized, because I've, I've received several messages about this, um, talking about the voicing of, like- characters uh-huh. how i want to be the voice of short circuit which i do still if anybody knows the production company please get a hold of me i want to be the voice of that um but just ones that i know you wanted to do gem yeah the entire cast yeah yeah minus uh, rio and eric oh he's bad yeah uh aaron duran from geek in the city wrote and has a pretty good idea i i don't actually i don't even want to spoil it because i think it's a good idea that we might end up uh, having to do okay um but i'm curious about rick emerson there's anything he would want to voice oh i would be curious too like I don't what, even know. Like what ones? Like what were the most influential, influential things? God damn it! <laughs> what is wrong? Taking with that this? out of it. We're no, that we're out, not so. because this is this is real. No, that's not real. <laughs> we're taking that out. Um, but I edit the show. I'm not taking that out. I'll edit it today. <laughs> no. But what he would want to uh, cover? All right, let's go ahead and do this. Let's let's go ahead and break Rick on. Hi, Rick. This is going seamlessly. So Greg and I have both decided that today we cannot pronounce anything and we can't really talk. Like our, our excellent yeah. So it's a great day. It's really one of those days show. that's kind of happening. Yeah. But uh, oh, before we start, so my mom has a message for Greg, which is a weird thing. <laughs> I, what? It just says I don't even know what this is about because I've been out of touch with everything. My mom just sent me a message. She says, "Tell Greg to just buy a turkey breast." <laughs> oh, she's talking about Thanksgiving. Wait, your mom listens to our show. Uh, that's the only conclusion I can come to. I, that that is hilarious. I feel like Hi, my mom. life has come Hi, full Rick's circle. Mom. Oh my gosh. 
because we were we were talking about Thanksgiving. That's amazing. And uh, and whether or not you know what to do this year because obviously everything's canceled. There's no even friends hanging out or anything like that. So I was debating whether or not I should actually like cook a turkey, which I haven't done in I don't know how long. Maybe I did like ten years ago once, possibly. I, th- I have a vague memory of cooking a turkey at one point. But... I want to ask Rick about the giblet thing that we were talking about the other day too. Okay, yeah, don't spell it out. Okay, Rick, do you remember turkeys where they came with all the stuff inside of them and you had to pull it out? Yeah, like a big bag of guts. All right, yes, so it was it in, a in a bag. bag. Okay, Sarah I, why is do under I this not impression... recall this bag? I thought it was just all in there and you had to like. That's just like loose. Like it's loose in there. Stuff and that. Uh... Well, I'm, I think if you go kill the turkey yourself, it's not in right. a bag. It's just shoved in there by God. But I think if you buy it from the store, I think it's in like a sack or something. Because I guess there's somebody somewhere that wants to eat it, I, I guess. I don't really know. I've never met anybody that's like, ooh, giblets. Just I'll, just a bowl of giblets for me. And yeah. giblets doesn't like a real word, It doesn't. I always think I'm mispronouncing. I'm like, is it giblets? <laughs> is it giblets? My grandma loved giblets. Yeah, it seems like a real old time. It's an old timey thing. thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's totally one of those save the neck for me, Clark, kind of a thing. That, that's <laughs> yeah. a weird like uh that doesn't seem that seems like a depression era or possibly southern thing. It does where you use like every piece of everything you can yeah. find. Well that's like for. my mom like I've told this story probably, but like when I was in like second grade, like I my friend Brian came over for dinner one night, you know, like your friends sometimes come up for dinner and we walked into the kitchen and there's like a saucepan and whatever. And I lifted it up and there's like a huge cow tongue just cooking away. And, oh. And Brian's like, I gotta go. Uh, maybe another time. See ya. You know, she's like, where are you going? And he was just totally gone. So. Oh God. My I, mom fed us tongue once. And I remember it because it had, it had like the taste buds on it. It was so fucking gross. Well, that's something for me. Like just, oh. it doesn't matter what it tastes like. Maybe if I didn't know that's what it was, but the fact that I know it, like the that's visual. The, that's the thing that's I in your mouth that you're actively not supposed yeah, to I eat. I can't, I can't. Uh, like, and then yeah. it's on a sandwich. Like, no, like you've been taught not to eat that part of your, no, I guess not if, any part of If I'd body. known, if I'd not known what it was, it would have tasted <laughs> fine, but it was, you can't unknow that. That's a weird, oh, and right. then of course, and you know, and so of course my mom probably right now somewhere is like, you know, she's, because then the other thing is she would, all, and I could never tell if my mom was trolling me or being serious about this. Cause it, at a certain point you can't tell, but she would then sometimes when I would tell that story, she would say, well, you know what you're really missing out on is brains. That's the really good part. And I can't, even now, I don't know if she's like screwing with me or if that's like a thing she really, I guess there are people who eat that. Who am I to judge? What if she but, secretly fed you brains and you don't know? I'd rather not know. That's a thing we can yeah. we can let that be. We can let the mists of time shroud that from my knowledge. Let so me... I'm taking a look here in our oh. in our live chat too because we have some international. We got John the Kiwi who said uh, he's all about the giblets, but then grew up in New Zealand on lamb's fry, which he later learned was the heart and liver. That's oh god. Well, that's one of those things where they where it's like minced meat isn't meat and sweet bread isn't bread, and it's they're, and they're just right. To, they're just trying to like trick you into eating something gross you know or that you don't want yeah i just recently isn't sweet bread like a bunch of weird meats like mashed together i think sweet bread is like head cheese or something i, have, I don't it? know oh i have no and idea because it's, it's a li- it's a lie name yeah yeah head cheese not cheese there's no head there's no well there's all head no cheese oh. that's i mean there's oh it's the thymus gland of an animal. Oh my that's what God. sweet I'm bread sorry is. If anyone's trying to Why eat would they while call it that? <laughs> like, who did that? That's that well, clearly you're is eat just... something called a thymus gland. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sweet bread does sound a lot more appealing. I mean, I don't understand. Like, I mean, I don't understand why they why they why they call it prune juice instead of plum juice. Doesn't plum juice sound a lot better? It does. Yeah. It sounds refreshing. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I, when you go to the store, it's like, hey, would you like some prune juice? You're like, well, no, because that sounds like a weird old person thing. But plum juice sounds like something I would really enjoy. That sounds like a delicacy. Yeah. 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 That I is... don't think I've ever had prune juice. You've ne- how could you, that you've never had prune juice? No, I'm not 80. No, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know. See, that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> yeah. if it's plum juice, that sounds sparkly and sort of fantastic. Oh, yeah. Greg, if that was ca- yeah, if it was carbonated plum juice, Greg would buy that 100%. by like the gallon. I would I would definitely buy it. Oh, I yeah. like buying all kinds of weird juices. I don't know why. I've, hey. I've been going to. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is actually I don't know if this is like a good segue or not. Um, but anything so goes. I was, I, yeah, it's a free form today. So since since at least you know I'm I'm at least somewhat capable of speaking and pronouncing things today. <laughs> Thank you. Go with it. Somebody needs to. I was cleaning out my office at home, and I have this. I don't even know where I got this or why. I I know why I kept it, I guess, but I don't know where I got this. So this is a copy of the New York Daily Tribune from Thursday, August fifteenth, eighteen fifty. Oh so, wow! Wow. Where you can see New York Daily Tribune. That's awesome. I don't know. I I don't know where I got this, but it's been like here in my home office forever and i don't know i i, I keep wanting to get rid of it uh, but it, it just got fantastic so i was just it's a, it's a i mean it's sometimes tempting to think that news has only recently become weird or just you know nonsensical but that's not really the case i think that maybe i think maybe the the reason past where the news made sense and was normal maybe that's the aberration maybe news was normally just crazy so this is again not a small paper. This isn't like a tabloid. This is the New York Daily Tribune, which I think was a major newspaper. So I've just flagged this is just at random, just a couple of things. These are all from the front page of the New York Daily Tribune, Thursday, August 15, 1850. Weird. So just in no particular order. This one's just amusing because I just like the fanciful language of it under city items. Uh says the weather yesterday was warm, but a fresh breeze took off the effect of the heat. The air has been materially purified and improved by the shower of Tuesday night. So that's just sort of that's just sort of poetic. <laughs> that's very it poetic. It's it's materially quite the whimsy purified, that they use. Yeah. Yes. I like I lo- that. So then we go to this, and this is actually very timely. So apparently there was an election of primary election of some sort. Uh, Democratic primary election. It says the election in the various wards for delegates to choose delegates to the Syracuse Convention and for delegates from the wards to form a general committee came off last night. We give below as full returns were unattainable when we went to press. In the eighth ward, it says, there was no election. The ballot boxes having been carried off by a portion of that gang of miscreants called the short boys. <laughs> oh, amazing. What? The short no boys. A gang of I miscreants. No idea what that means. That's a, Greg, a, you would have been a short boy. The ballot boxes have been carried off by a portion of, the, apparently they're so well-known, the gang of miscreants called the short boys. <laughs> Are you looking that up? With the I'm sh- trying to see. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about it. 1850 in New York. Yeah. The short boys. The short boys. That's- it's like some weird gangs of New York, you know, thing. That's exactly right. what I was just yeah. thinking. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, so then, so then here's, here's how the article about, here's how the section of the, uh, 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 the elections uh, ends. It says this. It says, um, Apparently, corruption was just rampant, you know, even then in New York. The tricks of, I don't know what this phrase means, by the way, this this term. The tricks of the wire-pulling loco-foco politicians. I don't know what a loco-foco politician is. It's capitalized. The tricks of the wire-pulling loco-foco politicians were never more glaringly exposed than at the various ward meetings. In the eighth, 
Sixth and 14th, the uh, ballot boxes were broken open and the elections defeated by hired bullies and ruffians. Wow. And ruffians. Jesus, the more things change, the more they stay the same. This perfectly disgusted all the sober and reflecting voters who dared not venture to enter it while the election was being held, owing to the struggles continually taking place between the different bands of hireling rowdies. <laughs> hireling rowdies. I love, I want to learn all these new phrases and then, well, old phrases I, and make them new I feel again. Like, yeah. I feel like Colin Malloy needs to just turn this into a Decemberist album. <laughs> yes, seriously. I, hireling I rowdies. I mean, all that's the a... hireling rowdies. <laughs> See, there you go. That's it. And you just get a guy with an accordion in the background. Boom. Yeah. Oh my God. I and the I would short buy that. Boys have their way. <laughs> okay. I. Okay. Okay. Two, two more things here. So one. No, I want you to read uh, all of them. I want to hear. I the love ads. these. Kind I'm of fascinated papers. by yeah. this stuff. Yeah. It's just an entire paper of this. They're fantastic. So now there's a report. Uh, this is like called Household Markets, and it's it's like what. It's like new shipments of food and fruit and whatever, and what the prices are. And this is interesting. Milo, you gotta stop it. This is interesting because, so it's just a list of like whatever the new shipments of, of like fresh produce and whatever, and what the, how much they got and what they're going for. So first of all, so there's pork and then there's corned pork. I don't know what it means when something is corned, like corned beef. What does that mean exactly? Ew, does that mean it's like watery? I thought it was watery. Well, like corn, like what does it mean? Like corned beef. Like when there's a corned beef sandwich. I don't know what a corned. I don't know what corned beef I'm really means. Unclear as well. I don't know either. Let me. What does it shall, mean when something is corned? Shall I look it up? Yes. Think I mean, I've that. heard that my whole life. I have no idea what it means when meat is corned. It sounds unnatural somehow. It does. It's like it infused with corn. All right, so it's marinated in brine. So that's what it is. So and cured, preserved or cured with salt. But okay. corn. Corned. But what does that have to do with corn? I don't know. Just like sweet. The is that whole something sweet they used to do with cheese. corn, maybe? Uh, it says marinated in brine, often containing garlic, peppercorns, cloves, etc. Pe uh, oh, peppercorns. So maybe that's the maybe, maybe that. peppercorn okay. is like the the integral ingredient in the, in the in the brining. But it doesn't say always. It says often containing garlic, peppercorns, mm. cloves, etc. Okay. Well, you'll be happy huh. to know that right below that, um, you know, for only fifty six cents each, you can get corned tongues. Oh. oh, gross. Corned <laughs> tongues. I, I'm not um, adventurous when it comes more, to meats. I am, I am. There's a worse phrase I've ever heard than corned it's just, tongues. It's just it's like, it's so bizarre. And then, so then there's spinach. And the interesting thing about that is everything else is being sold in pounds. Spinach is being sold by the half peck. No idea what a peck is or a half peck. No idea. None. Is. Zero. Um, let's see. What else? Spinach by the half peck. Let's see. Tripe, of course. Hortleberries. <laughs> what is a hortleberry? That sounds like something from Harry Potter. It's like whore with a T. Hortleberry. No, uh, I, hortleberries. Apparently, those are those are only ten cents a quart. So you know, get them while they're get them while they're cheap. I suppose. Um, hortleberries. I want to look up hortleberry, but peck <laughs> is the equivalent of eight dry quarts. Whatever that okay. means. Eight dry quarts. <laughs> How does it relate to a bushel? Is like a bushel or a peck more? Peck do you think? to bushel measurement. Let's just do this live right here on the show. I'll I'm be amazed if Google has like a one like a bushel. To peck. One U.S. peck is 0.25 bushels. One U.S. peck. So, okay. Four bushels equals one peck. That's what it comes down to. Wait. Wait. No. Wait. No. 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 Never mind. Uh, Wait. So eight dry four quarts pecks is one bushel. Eight dry quarts four, is one peck, pecks. and four pecks. Four pecks is one bushel. So they're thirty-six pecks is one bushel, or thir I can't no, do math. Thirty-two. Four, four pecks 
is one bushel. Yeah, and each one's quartz then. Oh, yes, 32 quartz. Dry quartz is one bushel. Everybody got that? I'm sure glad we're not on the metric system. <laughs> I wouldn't want things to be easy. This is... I, um, I wish I could go back to school and just just and be difficult just by answering everything in terms of bushels and pecks. Yeah, uh, just refuse. And then, uh, in case you're wondering what to get for your for for your holiday for your holiday dining alone or with others, um, apparently green turtles are only twelve cents a pound. So just uh, maybe your other colored turtles are uh, you know that's of a different price. Green turtles, twelve cents a pound. Wait for go. for the eating. Um, apparently, I, I guess. I mean. Or maybe that's a, I mean, who knows? I, yeah, I, or maybe that's under, I mean, they're right between tongues and tripes, so <laughs> sure. Oh, I don't think I could eat a turtle. Okay, uh, then, but then here's the single best thing. I think this is actually the reason why I've kept this newspaper for so long. And again, this is from the, uh, it's from the New York uh, Daily Tribune, Thursday, August 15th, uh, 1850. So this is on the, uh, this is on page A2 here. This, the, and, and by the way, I, I, like in newspapers of, of this time, apparently, <laughs> so first of all, the classifieds, it's almost like internet lingo ahead of time, because in the classifieds, there's actually a column that just says once, W-A-N-T-S, <laughs> once. It's, you know, it's just, you know, it's not items sought, want. Um, we want. <laughs> so, but nothing is categorized. I mean, there's classifieds, but then like none of the news articles, it's not like by politics and then current events and then you know, weather, it's it all just jumbled together. They just like threw it on and just sell. So here's, this is on page A2. The headline of the story is fantastic, first of all. The headline of the story is, the sea serpent, again. <laughs> what? Not just the sea serpent, the sea serpent again. <clears throat> it reads as follows. Oh my gosh. Two gentlemen who signed themselves Clement Perkins and Thomas Cleves Write to the editor under the date of Kennebunkport, August 3rd, as follows. Last Saturday morning, between the hours of 7 and 8 o'clock, we had, for the space of 10 or 15 minutes, a fair view of that animal which has been so often seen called the Sea Serpent, capitalized. <laughs> what? The portion of his body out of water we judged to be 80 feet, his form that of a large bamboo. The distance between the joints, 2 feet. His motion undulating, the velocity that of a common walk of man, his head resembling the bill of a duck. Our distance from him was not at the furthest more than 30 rods. I don't know what a rod is. I'm gonna look that up too, yeah. We are learning all kinds of stuff today. And the sea was a perfect calm. <laughs> and then, then the editor of, so, so that's the letter. Somebody wrote in saying they saw this, uh, that 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 uh, animal so often seen the sea serpent, which has the form of a large bamboo, whatever that means. And wait, and they saw they saw eighty feet of it, but they're saying the limbs are two feet away. So was it like wait. some sort of centipede thing? Real quick to clarify too, going back to the rods side. Oh, of thank things. you. Yes. How many rods was it? Uh, uh, the distance from him was not at the furthest more than thirty rods. Thirty rods is five hundred feet, four hundred ninety-five okay. feet. That's that's so a ways away. That's significant. Right. Yeah, that's quite a ways away. So okay. they were, so they were like, what? That's like a hundred yards away. So, um, you know, English is fucked up. But the yards and rods and bushels and pecks. Yeah. What the hell are we talking about? I don't know. Um, uh, by the way, whortleberry resembles a blueberry, <laughs> and it's also called a bilberry or the European blueberry. A bilberry. A bilberry. Bilberry. I think whortleberry is a better word. I think I can speak. Whortleberry is like, there. yeah, that's it's the best word. 
All right. So here's here's what's the best about this. So these so these these two people they send in this letter about and apparently there's this is like an ongoing saga in in the New York Daily Tribune because of the headline the sea serpent again <laughs> and and that they describe him as that animal which has been so often seen called the sea serpent. So then the editor actually adds this sort of afterward. The editor says because <clears throat> it was written by uh, Clement Perkins and Thomas Cleves. So the editor then says. We had a long talk with Mr. Perkins, and from him had a perfect description of His Majesty the Sea Serpent, and are truly convinced that such a monster actually exists. Mr. P has been accustomed to the sea for 15 years and is perfectly well acquainted with the sights he met upon the ocean. He's also a man of undoubted veracity and one who never indulges uh, in marvelous stories. So... <laughs> His Majesty the Sea Serpent. Wow. So where what, what particular uh, area was this in? Uh, let's Does see. it Kennebunk say? Port. It's off the coast of Maine. Wow. Okay, so, so there's a report just... coming in from Maine. Where and this is jumbled in with all the actual news stories of like politics and all these things. Just the Sea Serpent again. Okay. This is right between <laughs> gold discovered in the Copper region and uh, uh, fire, brick clay, uh, fire brick clay fire pit for sale. So, oh, and window shades. There you go. It's yeah. It's right between window shades for sale and gold discovered in the copper region. That's fascinating and because like little insights like that. It's like maybe in 1850 there were like it's just kind of been you know forgotten about. Like maybe there were like sea serpents places and people have just kind of phased them out. I mean, it doesn't also, seem like uh, alarming in that paper. In case anybody's looking for uh, you know for for secondary work, apparently, um, gentlemen who can do French polishing sought. French polishing. I have, no, I, I have no idea what French polishing is. There's no additional information given. It's Man a, who can do, gentleman who can do French polishing. It's apparently a kind of wood finishing technique. Ah, French okay. polishing. That must be a, <laughs> that's a real specific trade. Right. Well, well I mean, and then they, right they below it, it just want. says. <laughs> I only do French says, polishing. This directly below that, it just says, boy wanted, must write well. That's it. <laughs> what? So, you know, apparently uh, all kinds of situations were available for the enterprising young fellow in New York of 1850. What I, a time. Uh, what a time what, to be what alive. It's, and it's 1850, so I have no idea what they mean, well, like what age they're talking about when they say boy. Is that like seven? Is that like 14? Is that yeah. 90? Like I, I have no idea. Like it's, in other words, like I don't know how long people lived in 1850. Like I have no idea. Well, there probably know, were no labor laws. I would imagine back then. That's true. So yeah. like any age. So it could have just been, you know, like sell us your baby. I mean, that, yeah. that might really be what that's about. <laughs> sell us your writing baby. Also, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, yeah. So I, I guess I just have to keep this newspaper forever. Oh, you have Every to. Time I pick it up. I just, you know. I and love also, stuff like that. And just, you see business names that sound like something from Willy Wonka, you know, where it's just like Paris and Scrubworthy. Like, it's like a, I think it's a hardware store, Paris and Scrubworthy's Hardware Emporium. And you're like, well, is that a real thing? That can't possibly be. Oh, I love anything with the word emporium, and it always sounds so like glamorous. Yeah, I still, I'm, I'm still stuck on Clement Perkins. That's such a perfect 1800s name. <laughs> Clement and then Perkins. They call him Mr. P after that. <laughs> and Don't also, you call me a liar. His, ma his Majesty the Sea Serpent. <laughs> It's like they're addressing it as if like they're going to like something's going to happen to them if they're not like polite to the sea serpent. I don't know. Yeah. His Majesty <laughs> right, the Sea Serpent. But going back to the description of the sea serpent really quick. So it said yes. 
so they saw 80 feet of it, but I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think. Is it like some kind of giant centipede thing? Because they said well, its limbs were two feet up in two foot increments. I think it was. Well, let's see like, here. So uh, the portion of his body out of water we judged to be 80 feet. His form, that of a large bamboo. So, so you know, bamboo has chunks. Yeah, but then it also said something about the limbs, right? Uh, the distance between the joints, two That's feet, is motion <gasps> undulating. So there, so like a giant worm somehow, maybe? Ooh. Or... Yeah, a snake. Um, uh, let's see. So Velocity out of a common walk. His head resembling the bill of a duck. <laughs> I almost want to paint this. Off of this description? Yeah. From the 1850s? From the 1850s. Paint 1850s I, uh, sea serpents, yes. I Now, see, I feel like, unfortunately, I, I feel like I can't really just Google, like, I mean, if this is the sea serpent again, it's like, well, what, how many reports of this were there? Like, was this like the second report, like the 90th report? Like, I have no, I have no, I feel like there's so much more to this story that I want to know. And I, I think the information may just be lost to me for all time. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm looking just, at this. I mean, sea serpents were a huge, like, I'm looking, if you look up anything around the 1800s, it's just all, Well, anything like, they didn't know lore. was probably a sea serpent. I mean, it could be a log, but it's far <laughs> enough away. It's like, well, that's a sea serpent. I mean, I, I think that's kind of how things just went back then like you just assumed that's what it was yeah i don't know yeah i i don't i uh i wonder if maybe uh maybe any of the descendants of mr mr perkins or cleaves are are, are still available still you know maybe this is <laughs> some sort of a there's a family legend that can that can fill in oh great great oh, grandpa clement oh yeah he saw the serpent so here's just a random sentence i don't even know what the rest of the story is the villain must have been covered in blood I have no idea what the rest of the story is even about. Oh my god. You can't ever Does get it relate rid of to that, that in, in, in any way? What's that? Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. The villain uh, was covered in there, blood. I think there may have been I think there may have been some sort of an assault or some sort of an attempted assault. Uh, let's see. Let uh, I just happened to Weird. as I was looking for more sea serpent information, I just happened to see this. Let's see. Um, uh, the villain must have been covered in blood. And probably his face had been scratched. Oh, I think it was he attempted to assault. Um, I think he. I think he attempted some sort of an assault on a woman who then repelled him, because it says his face may have been scratched by the lady's resistance. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> by the lady's resistance. Boy, Good for her. So I, yeah, it looks like he was trying to mug a woman on the street or something. It says um, the villain must have been covered in blood, and probably his face has been scratched by the lady's resistance. It seems impossible he can escape. With the excited feeling which prevails, he might, if caught immediately, suffer summary punishment. Ooh. Which is basically like if we catch him, we're gonna, you know, yeah, like turn him into a fine mulch. All um, right. So, at, at with that description of the sea serpent that you described, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm now I'm falling down a sea serpent hole. Like for the rest of the day, what else the fuck oh, am sure. I going to do? Um. So, so it's the so there are all sorts of pictures of that description of that sea serpent from like the 1600s to the 1800s. Where this... it where it's like the eighty foot with the segmented body with the um, face like a duck, which is uh, it's weird. There are so... all these like old timey pictures and drawings of it. And are these where where like where do these take place? Oh, let's see. So this one is outside of uh, let's see, outside of New England. So so near well, Maine. Well, so Maine. Yeah. Yeah. The sightings were again reported in eighteen eighty four. Most recently in nineteen seventy five, but they began in sixteen thirty eight. Didn't they determine a lot of those could have been like an oar fish? You know what that is? I, I only know this because I've gone down this rabbit hole before. An oar fish is... Are those those big dumb things? No, no. Uh, no those that's are sunfish. Else. That's sunfish. Yeah. 
Oarfish are, they do look like a sea serpent. They're huge. Like, uh, I don't know how long they are, but let me see here. I'd have to look it up. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're 80 <laughs> feet long. Well, I was like, I was thinking about this the other day. So, um, so I've gotten, um, do you ever go to this thing where like suddenly out of the blue, several people who seemingly have nothing in common will all recommend the same movie or documentary or whatever to you. And it's like, yeah. and some, it's just like, it's in the ether. Like every, yep. like I don't like everybody I knew was suddenly telling me to watch that ratchet show or whatever, even people that didn't seem to have share the same taste. So now everybody's telling me about this, this Netflix documentary, uh, called, uh, uh, my octopus teacher. Oh, and, and it's, a. I haven't watched it yet. It's like, a, I, I'm assuming it's, it's a documentary about some guy who's having like a midlife crisis. And then he like spends a year, like with an octopus. I'm assuming the octopus dies in the end. Cause that's how these things always wrap up. It, it's it did in the trailer. I, that's what I was going to say. That's why I've never watched it because in the yeah. fucking trailer, it shows the octopus yeah. dying. I'm like, well, I'm not yeah. going to watch that yeah. shit. No, that's, I, I figured as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, this is like Marley and me, but Marley has eight legs and lives <laughs> in the water. And it's, yeah. And I know that the final scene is going to be like, even though Philippe is gone, he will live on in my heart and his teachings forever. Or whatever. <laughs> right. But but so but I was thinking about this. So you know, and it looks very beautiful in the sense that it's underwater and it's like great, you know, photography. It looks like a David Attenborough sort of thing. But I was thinking about this, like, isn't it weird that we're not just completely terrified of octopuses? That we I don't am. go in the water and be like, like, you know, I mean, like it's weird that you would go in the ocean and I'd be like, fuck, and just completely yeah. run and never go back. Like, Because that thing, it's a giant spider under the water, basically. Mm -hmm. I have and always been scared of them. And they're intelligent, too. No, like, they they're are. pretty smart. They're fucking terrifying. When um when I was growing up, my grandparents lived in Sun River, which is, in case you don't, and no one's familiar with Oregon, it's outside of Bend, Oregon. And there was this, I don't know if you remember the Sun River Resort, their symbol. It's the S with the R next to it. I don't remember what so it So they're like. pushed together, the letters are, and they had that painted at the bottom of the pool, and it looked like a fucking giant octopus <laughs> when my sister and I would be swimming in there, and that, I think, began my fear of that when I was a little kid, because it looked like a giant octopus floating at the bottom of the pool. Yeah, it's weird, because you mean, the spiders are like the size of like a quarter, and we're still freaked out by them. And then this right. thing is in the water, and it's like, you know, I mean, it's large. It's the size of a dog, and yet People are like, oh, it's majestic. And, you know, which is, it's weird that we're not immediately just petrified of, like, I'm not, in other words, if you told me, like, it's a documentary about a guy who makes friends with a six foot spider, like, I'm a fuck that. I'm not watching that. Right. Like, it's, but everybody, their mother's like telling me to watch the octopus thing, which is, so it's a weird, we have a weird exception in our heads. For the, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're amazing. It's just weird that we're not immediately mortified by them. Oh, see, I don't like, yeah, I don't, I like, don't like them one bit. And I remember growing up. I like up, squid even less. Well, in Seattle, because the biggest squid in the world are were found remember under the tacoma narrows bridge that's is that true it is true, true. it is, is we true. have had this discussion on the show before and i've looked it up no those Large, are those those giant squid that live like in the arctic well the ones that they've been able to or at largest squid tacoma no i, I feel like that's an urban legend that giant squid tacoma narrows bridge no seriously one of the largest octopus species makes it oh, makes its home in the puget sound okay so it's the giant pacific octopus oh. which weighs over 600 pounds good lord yeah yeah, local legend says that the largest Pacific octopus in the world lives under the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. And I think the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, is that that bridge that collapsed at one point? Yeah. Maybe not. Yes. Back in like the 30s or something. Yep. Which they say was because of natural causes, not because of the octopus. That's the <laughs> official narrative. Oh, God. Now I'm going to think of that every time I drive to Bremerton. Yeah. Thanks for that. Just thinking the 600-pound thing wrapping its yeah. tentacles around. Oh, God. Yeah, the government would have you believe that was just an earthquake. <laughs> That's uh, that's Thanks so when I was a, so when I was a kid, um, sometimes like you know you'll see movies when you're growing up, 
and they seem terrifying. And then you see them later on and they're kind of cheesy. You know, you're like, oh, this movie was not really scary. This is mm -hmm. corny. And then sometimes you see movies later on, you're like, oh, this, no, this was genuinely like, this is like, this was an authentically freaky movie. So there's this movie that came out like post, it was like one of the Jaws sort of knockoffs. Because after Jaws came out, there was like uh, Piranha by Richard Donner. Uh -huh. And then there were, no, Joe Dante. And then, uh, and then there was Orca. Uh, this movie called Orca, which is about like a, like a killer whale, you know, that, mm. you know, with had that had like Richard, uh, Richard Harris and Bo Derrick or somebody in it. And then there was this movie called Tentacles that was um, it wasn't Dario Argento, but it was like some Italian filmmaker who made this movie called Tentacles about an octopus that just like stalks. It's like Jaws, basically, but with an octopus. And I saw it when I was a kid and I went back and watched it like a couple years ago because I found it online and it was genuinely disturbing. There were moments of it. I swear to God, there's a moment where like, there's a moment where a woman is like, takes her takes her baby in a stroller to the beach, and then as one does, leaves the baby there and goes off to get a snow cone or something. And then she's like, okay, I got my snow cone, guess I'll come back. And then she turns back, and then there's just a giant tentacle coming out of the ocean, like reaching into the stroller. Nope. Oh. It's completely disturbing, even as an adult. I was like, fuck that, I'm never going near the ocean again. So it's a, stuff like that, it's a weird, sea creatures are real there's there's a book um there's a book by a guy named david ah, is it gran or gan i think it's david gran he wrote um he's the guy that wrote the lost city of z which they oh, made yeah. into a movie mm -hmm. so he has this fantastic anthology it's called the devil and sherlock holmes it's not really about the devil or sherlock holmes it's just a collection of his non-fiction essays for the new yorker and it's just a bunch of profiles he wrote of people over the years and one of the very first essays in this book is that he profiles, um, he talks about the the then still underway uh, race to be the first person to, to photograph a giant squid or to catch one. Uh -huh. And so he profiles several people who have made it their life's mission to capture or to photograph a, a living giant squid. And as part of that, he tells like of the history of the, of the giant squid and how for like a long time, it's kind of funny actually, when it's sort of like this, this newspaper story, he like regales, um, he tells about all these like reports of the giant squid that people made in like 1829, where people are like, you're drunk, Bob. You know, it's like people like, yeah. do, where a guy would come back and he's like, some guy brought back a giant chunk of giant squid tentacle at one point because yep. it had wrapped itself around part of his boat and they like hacked it off and he brought it back and people, and I get, and the whole town like ridiculed him because they thought he just like made it out of sponge or something. And they, and he, he talks about this, like this, this, uh, this duo that went down in one of those, one of those like diving bells that they like lower it like a bathoscope or whatever. They, it's like just a big uh, metal sphere and they just lowered it into the ocean and they were down there. And at some point a giant tentacle just like wraps itself around the, around the diving bell and just starts squeezing it oh, and like doesn't rupture it, but they can like hear the rivets starting to like bend Jesus. as the thing squeezing it. No. And so they're like, you know, and basically then for the next hour, they're just sort of like hoping that they get hauled up before this thing decides just to sort of, you know, crush or whatever it's, but then what's amazing is all of these people, then we're like, I'm going to go back and find it. Like who goes back into no. the ocean after having that experience? No. I'm glad those people exist, but I don't understand them. I don't get it either. Like why, why on earth would you do that? I will say really quick, the lost city of Z that one, cause I read that book. Ugh. The movie's not that great, but the, but the book is good, but some of the descriptive things in that book about the jungle yeah. and about South America in particular, the insects and the things that like, 
attack you and like what happened to these people, it it haunts me still. Like it's so disturbing. Oh, yeah. I'm like I've never wanted to go into the Amazon ever. Like well, just, oh just God, no, especially you. And like, what's bugs kind of amazing is that author David Grand. You know, he's just like some guy from Brooklyn. Like he's not. You know, like if you see him, he's just this kind of. I mean, he's a brilliant writer, so I don't mean this as a knock, but he's, but as he, as he himself puts it, he's like, I'm just this kind of vaguely chubby writer who lives in Brooklyn most of the time and doesn't really, you know, he's like, I, you know, he's like, I leave to go to the, to go to the deli occasionally. And that's about it. Like, it's, you know, like he doesn't like, he's not an adventurer. Yeah. And so, but because he wants to like write these stories, there's this point, there's this point when he's writing about the search for the giant squid where he's, you know, most of those people are, are, are those folks are like sort of well-funded scientific expeditions, but there were also like individual, you know, just lone people that w- with or without training who were out there. So at one point he's like basically in this tiny boat with like an outboard motor um, with just one guy who's like looking for squid by himself. So they're out there in this tiny boat and, you know, and just like a, like a, like a, like an ice chest, like a, like an igloo thing with like lunch in it or whatever off the coast of wherever at two in the morning because the guy's hoping to be out there this is when they feed he says and, oh god and also and also there's a storm also by the way it's pitch black and have i mentioned they're in the ocean in a tiny boat looking for a giant squid and at one point it's like pitch black and there's a storm and so at one point david grant has this flashlight and he says he turns on the flashlight and he points it out and he just sees this gigantic wall of water and he's like so I just turned the flashlight back off. He's like, I don't want to. And the guy, and the guy hands him, the guy hands him like a life vest to put on. He's like, here's a life vest. And David Grant's like, oh, great. This will save me. And the guy's like, well, not really. But if you want to put it on, it's, you know, if, if you want to, if you want to wear it, go ahead. It's just so, you know, I'm just saying it's a, it's a weird, it's a big world out there. Thank you for the nightmares. Oh God. Now I kind of like, I, I want to scare watch that. What what was the octopus movie you were just talking about? Tentacles. One. Tentacles. Or tentacle. Plural? Yeah, it I was. Can't I mean, there were moments of it that were. I mean, there were moments of that movie that were. It had a really creepy score too. It was way worse than I thought it was going to be. Like looking at it thirty years later. Oh. Tentacles. Even the um. Do you, do you remember that outtake from the Goonies movie? I don't know if because uh, it didn't make it. Oh, to, with the octopus. Yeah. With yeah. the octopus, that thing scared the shit out of me, and it danced away with a boombox, and yeah. I was still scared of that thing because when it yeah. comes up in oh my gosh, that was. That freaked me out. Well, I didn't see that like, I was an adult. There's this thing. I think it's at the. Um, I think it's at the Seattle Aquarium, uh, maybe um, the one down on uh, down on the pier, uh-huh. where they, like, if you go to the Seattle Aquarium, there's this. You know, they have like a jellyfish exhibit and whatever. And, and I don't know the relationship between jellyfish and, and octopuses and squids and all that. But it, but but they show, they show this timeline of evolution so far as they've been able to figure it out. What's fantastic is like so they show like. You know the the beginning of evolution where there's like single-celled organisms for all planet all life on planet earth and then there's like today where there's you know as as life is now and then there's this point like maybe like a third of the way into the timeline where there's just this one split where everything else in the entire world continues on this one timeline except for like jellyfish which then go off on this totally separate uh evolutionary timeline that's related to no other creature on planet earth and that, and because apparently, like they're missing all of these things that scientists until recently thought were absolutely necessary for anything to live and be alive. But it turns out jellyfish like don't have them, and so they, yeah, there's some point early on and where they share like no relationship with any other creature on Earth. They're entirely their own thing. 
So they are basically aliens. Like wherever it is they came from, they're essentially aliens because they share no traits with anything else on the planet. And so wow. it's, you know, it's a weird, as Stephen King once said, you know, there are things in the corners of this earth that would, uh, you know, that would, that would turn your hair white to look at them. So, you know, I believe that. Yeah. Well, now I feel unsettled and also at the same time, super curious about looking up more sea serpents and squid facts. Oh yeah. I think you mean his majesty, his <laughs> majesty, the, majesty sea serpent. the sea serpent. I am falling down that train. I was, I just keep looking at them and there are all these renderings of that particular sea serpent, uh, again, uh, I... from, from the main coast. Like it is, is and it all that, of them. Does it have a name? And it's the same one. It's not that Ogopogo thing. That one's a lake. In a it's lake, like in right? the Great Lakes or something, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Ogopogo. I mean, There's also one in, I think, No, because this one's BC the Gloucester Harbor one. Walk. And so it's right outside of Maine. And that's where it, it's been seen since the 1600s. Oh, Ogopogo is in BC. Okay, never mind. That one's in British Columbia. Yeah, so it's called the Gloucester Sea Serpent. Gloucester. Yeah, it's... Okay. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I spent, I mean, you know, as my mom can probably tell you, like I, my whole childhood, I was just fascinated with the Loch Ness Monster. Still kind of am, oh, even yeah. though I know it doesn't really exist. But yeah. I mean, and I, you know, and the thing is like, I'm not a big fan of the water, not a big fan of things that live in the water. And yet every opportunity I had when I was a kid, anytime Leonard Nimoy would get on there just to recycle the same three bullshit photographs, I would totally sit there and watch it, <laughs> you know? just showing like a bale of hay floating in the lock and like, what is it you know yeah. and I would, I would totally sit there and you know i mean i like, would it be a plesiosaur left over yeah <laughs> right and i will like i will occasionally play these sort of like i'll do these like kind of uh um thought exercises where i'm like okay if i could pick one of these three things like one it turns out that like elvis is still alive two uh you know we find absolute proof of life on another planet or three you know, the Loch Ness Monster turns out to be real. It's like, well, which of those would I rather? And I honestly, I, I shift back and forth sometimes, but I usually end up with the Loch Ness Monster just because i that's just a thing I have all this personal investment in, like some people do with Bigfoot or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's just a thing I, I mean, I would, you, you couldn't make me happier and more terrified than if like that were somehow to be proven to be, to be real. Yeah. Like, things under the water because, scare me in general. And then just like knowing that there would be monsters underneath there. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Because I did the same thing when I was a kid. I had some Loch Ness monster books, <laughs> Bigfoot books, and then alien books. I'd read anything about the alien, you know, people who experienced aliens or anything like that. Um, but yeah, which one of those would you want real? I do think God, I have that's to say. A tough, that's a tough decision. Right? Yeah. I mean, because it's, I mean, I, I mean, as much as I think it would be sort of awesome if it turned out that Elvis was secretly That's alive the somewhere. one that I'm yeah. leaning toward. That's what I think that would be the most hilarious. Just because it seems the most ridiculous. And plus, it's always the one that for years people would go to when they wanted to make fun of tabloids. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. So, oh, it's the same thing that says Elvis is still alive. So it would be kind of great if Elvis was still alive. Elvis seen uh, at supermarkets and yeah. Yeah, just yeah, just like living in a living in a cabana somewhere with yeah, with Jim Morrison and, and Biggie, you know, and yeah. or whatever. But, um, <laughs> But I, I think it was like, was that guy, Robert Ballard, whoever, the guy who found the Titanic, like he, I think, did a, a whole expedition of Loch Ness at one point, just, which kind of made me feel better because that's a guy that clearly under, like he clearly is a smart guy who understands science. And the first thing he did after finding the Titanic was like, next up, Loch Ness. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so even that guy like wanted to be sure. So Oh, that's, it's fascinating. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, that's yeah. like an idiot. That's I paid money to go on a tour of Loch Ness, even though I knew I wasn't going to see anything. And, you know, I was just another moronic American lining up to give them 50 bucks so I could, you know, ride through the gorge, basically. But, you know, it's, 
It's, yeah. I would if I was there, I'd do it. Oh, I'd do it. I'm, yeah, I would pay for that. Yeah, hands down. Well, I like, like, today has been fun. Thank you. And you helped us talk talk more good. So thank you for that, Rick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we all you learned what, <laughs> what pecs are. And... Yeah, uh, four pecs to a bushel. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with uh, with hortleberries and 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 corn turtle tongues or whatever this. <laughs> oh, is. oh my god! You know, there's god. gonna be some restaurant when things do open back up in Portland that would serve something like that. Oh no, I don't want that. Corn green turtle. By the way, if anybody is suffering um, dysentery or bowel complaints, apparently the uh, apparently the perfect remedy for that is um, is Dr. Richardson's syrup, one of the best remedies of the age. Dr. Richardson's syrup for cholera. Cholera moribus summer summer complaints. I don't know <laughs> what, what that is. What's a that? summer complaint? <laughs> what is what a are summer? Sum- what are summer complaints? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> is oh, it God. not funny? It's, is it horrible? It's not fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. I it's don't want tapeworms know. or something. Is it? What are summer? No, complaints? it's uh, an acute condition of diarrhea. Is the oh okay? That's what what it is. That's okay. still kind of hilarious. Yeah. Well, well that I would, would call summer com- of- Got a case of the summer complaints. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, I'm gonna do that next. time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally gonna say that the next time I have to call in sick and you're like, yeah. ah, sorry, summer complaints. I uh, I won't be in there. <laughs> I'm calling this show Summer Complaints, by the way. Uh, pain, pain in my giblets. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Rick. This has been amazing. I'm going to go Google sea serpents all, all day yes. now. Yeah. Do not throw away that paper. No, I'll keep that. It's that's yeah, When we can see each other in human form again, I want to see that paper. And your dogs. Right, and I'll, you. But, but the yeah. paper, too. Go file it away right now. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. Rick Emerson, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Rick. And thanks for your patience in dealing with all of our yeah. crazy tech issues. Sorry about that. Abs- absolutely. No, it was totally worth it. Awesome. What we no, this was worth it. <laughs> this is, I, had, I needed a good laugh today, and that really helped. Thank you. i got so many things to look up after this now. I know. Um, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. <laughs> Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for tuning in, sharing the show, letting other, everybody know about it. Um, it's it's, it's yes, hilarious. Yes, it's great. And thank you again, Rick. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye, friends.